9 out of 10 startups fail. Women and minority-led companies receive less than 10% of all venture capital. This is an environment designed for failure. Startup Hype Man's mission is to use the power of story to make success inevitable, not the exception. And this podcast is designed for entrepreneurs to share lessons learned from their stories so that you can figure out what whatever it takes means for your company to make it. Let's kick it. Just give me, give me one second. Okay, sure. just give me one second. I'm going to like grab a hair from the Hype HQ recording studio in Chicago, Illinois, it's Startup Hype Man, the podcast. I am your host and the Startup Hype Man, Raj Nation. Every week we bring you real talk and unpack the behind the curtain strategies with the entrepreneurs who are doing it or who have been there, done that, all to help your startup grow up and stand out. Join the Hype Nation to catch every new episode, plus get resources and other stuff that actually help you, not the whack promotional junk that other companies try to shove down your throat. All you have to do is add your email at startuphypeman.com. Ready for some real talk? Time now for me, Raj Nation, to turn it over to, well, me, Raj Nation, for this week's conversation. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Startup Hype Man, the podcast. Today, we have on the show Shilpa Prasad. Shilpa is the chief growth officer at Unoodle. What's Unoodle? Well, Unoodle is the technology engine behind hundreds of competitive startup programs around the world, which gives the globe a unique picture of what is our global startup ecosystem. So if you think of, for example, like if a corporation, maybe like a Bosch, wanted to run a startup competition to fund and find some innovation for their own technologies, they would go to Unoodle to, uh, as the software platform to power it and get it off the ground. Now, I hope I did that introduction justice, Shilpa, but Shilpa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rajiv. And you did. Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Our topic today, and I'm really interested in this one, is how do you market to multiple audiences? Can you tell our listeners why this is on your mind and why this is important to you? Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, Rajiv, you presented the corporate angle in front of, uh, front, front of everyone as you introduced Unoodle. But Unoodle also does a lot of work with governments, uh, accelerators, foundations, universities, um, small to medium-sized businesses. And therein lies the challenge as I'm presenting all of these audiences to you as to how do you give one single message which applies to all of these different audiences who may or may not necessarily also be able to afford the same, um, you know, um, pricing in terms of the services and technology that Unoodle offers. And that has been essentially a challenge and an opportunity for me and the team over the last two years to solve. Um, so I thought it would be a fantastic one to, to present to, to the rest of the, the listeners as well. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to be, we're going to learn a lot, so I hope everyone listening is taking notes, unless you're driving in your car and listening, in which case I hope to God you are not taking notes. Now, now Shilpa, you're based out of the San Francisco Bay Area right now, and that's where Unoodle is headquartered. However, you did not start there. You were actually born in India, and you moved here sometime in your working life. Can you tell us where you were born uh, exactly in India, and where did you end up? before you moved to the US? 
Um, so I was born in Hyderabad, which is um, uh, in the southern part of India and a fairly tech-savvy city today. Uh, a lot of innovation in India actually comes out of um, Hyderabad. But I landed myself in Bangalore, uh, which is really termed as the Silicon Valley of, of the country before I moved to the Bay. Now, what... I guess, led to these moves or led to that move? And were there other stops, pit stops along the way? Oh, there were plenty of pit stops along the way. Thanks to my father, who served in the Indian Armed Forces, um, I had the opportunity to live in many different cities, uh, some big, some small, um, in, in India and experience cultures, um, diversity, um, and, you know, the intrinsic need to move, <laughs> I think, for me, comes, comes from, uh, from growing up in that fashion. Um, and, and I think that they were all great experiences in that sense, because adaptability is one of the core aspects, uh, I think, that I learned along the way, and something that I carry both in my personal and professional life um, uh, on an ongoing basis. You answered my next question without me even asking. My, my follow-up <laughs> was going to be, what do you think was like the biggest lesson you took away from from being an army brat and moving around so much growing up. But given that you said adaptability, uh, can you maybe give a specific instance, either at Unoodle or elsewhere in your professional history? Is there one moment that jumps to mind where you had to be adaptable? Yes, of course. Um, I think uh, in the, the context of Unoodle, a great example is that I had taken a six-month-long, uh, six, sorry, six-year-long break in my career and uh, I had had my daughter. I wanted to spend more time at home with her. And, um, you know, in that period of time, also had the opportunity to move to the Bay Area. Now, when I got here, um, you know, she was six years old. I was ready to go back into the workforce, um, struggling just like most other women do at this point in time, saying, you know, uh, I stepped out of the, uh, of the rat race. Where do I begin? How do I go back? Um, you know, what should I be looking at doing? Inherently, there are certain skill sets and, and, and personality traits that fit a certain career path. But I had both the luxury and the challenge of saying, I want to look at it again and see exactly how I'd like to pursue my career from this point in time. And went back to a role which was... Um, fairly, I'd say, not in the strategic direction, uh, you know, making strategic directional changes in an organization. So going back there, and um, even if it's a really small company, having to prove myself all over again in the context of the work that I do, I think was a great example of like being adaptable and flexible and enjoying the ride instead of like being frustrated with, with where I was in that point in time. Mm -hmm. So if we dial back then to your sort of just like your work history, mm -hmm. you've kind of always been in and around technology or budding technology, um, going back to working as a customer service, service associate at Juno. Um, you know, your role there was customer service. However, they were the first email support company to come to India in the first place. That's when I say, you know, on the cutting edge of, I'm referring to the fact that you're in and around the new technologies that are happening, you pretty quickly get into, or I don't know, I guess in retrospect quickly, maybe at the time it wasn't quick, uh, but you work your way into the marketing field in some fashion, uh, spending time in 2010 at renttoys.in. And it seems like this concept of growth marketing 
like your title now is chief growth officer at Unoodle, but it seems like this concept of growth marketing really starts to take shape around this time of rent toys. Is that an accurate uh, reflection? Well, I think it's one step before that. Um, and that's, um, that, that's at the graphic design studio. So um, I had the, the, you know, the, the joy of joining a previous colleague who was starting off a graphic design studio at that point in time and said, look, I've seen you in your previous roles. Uh, I think you would be great at talking to customers and instead of being in the back end, be in the front end of like, you know, driving business. And uh, I studied marketing, incidentally, uh, never really got an opportunity to use those <laughs> skills that I, I, I learned in, in back in school. Um, but very quickly realized that I like the cusp of sales and marketing. You know, it's, it's interesting, like, and I've always found teams that are small that allows me to play that role uh, where I'm still talking to customers firsthand, understanding what they need real time, and then being able to drive some of that into how we should be talking to the customers, you know, so that's, that's been, uh, I think, the, the journey for me. Yeah, and, and I like what you said there that I, I think the key, the key operative word there is that not so much focus on the growth aspect, but the customer aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. I think any good marketer will tell you it's about the customer at the end of the day. So if we are to think about that concept of growth marketing, I guess, how do you, how do you define growth marketing? Well, different. <laughs> I can define it in the context of Unoodle, but I think growth marketing ultimately is understanding what the customer um, requires, being able to present that opportunity in the right fashion to the customer and generate that into actual revenue. Ultimately, everyone's looking at revenue and what, whether it's coming from uh, spectacular sales folks that are going out into the market and selling something um, or it's coming from the way that you're presenting the organization in all aspects. And sales folks have to do that as well. And growth, I mean, marketing is is just inbuilt into, into salespeople. They just don't know how to present it. They need to be told how to present it to the rest of the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, you, you described it at least through the context or, or your experience and, and you use Unoodle sort of as the backbone for that as chief growth uh, officer. Now, as we look at Unoodle now, this is, you know, your role here is you're, what you're responsible for is growth. A challenge your company has faced is how do you grow and what markets do you focus on and how do you put this in front of those markets? So if we sort of let's focus in now on our primary point of conversation for today, which is how do you market to multiple audiences? Can you talk us through sort of Unoodle's experience with this in a little bit uh, deeper fashion? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think that a lot of this about, we're, we're using the word marketing, but a little bit focused approach to this would be positioning, right? How do we want to position ourselves in front of the audiences that we talk to? And marketing then follows everything that we do in the context of being able to communicate that in channels and in different uh, tools that we use. Um, talking to the customer comes, I think, as a secondary part of it. Now, from a positioning perspective, I think that Unoodle also faced the challenge of whether we should be focusing on the user, which is, in our case, the startups, and really what the customer comes to us for. They are coming to us not because of just our 
platform or our SaaS technology, but they're also coming to us because we can actually connect them with the, the network of startups that are relevant to their businesses or their industries. So in that sense, we had a much larger challenge of focusing either on the startups or the varied customers that I mentioned earlier you know, in our chat. So in hindsight though, we focused on, you know, we focused on the startups. And I think that that was the right approach at, at a particular point in time where the company was um, just funded. We were looking to, you know, grow that network massively. And the network itself, I want to take a moment to, to talk about the network of startups. And it is not a crunch base or a Matamark or a, you know, a regular startup database. It is a unique data set in that sense, because every startup within the Unoodle network has actually participated in a program run by a customer, which is, you know, the corporate customer, the government, the, the accelerator, the, uh, the foundation, um, and has an associated score, um, you know, that's refers to the quality of the startup within our network. So when a client comes looking for innovations in, you know, clean tech, we can actually go into our network, identify like based on a threshold and of course like tags in the, in the, in the backend on our, on our uh, database and servers and really present the creme de la creme of like startups to our clients. So, so the challenge is slightly more complex uh, than just the technology being presented in front of the customers. It's also the, the technology and the network of startups being presented to the customer and at the same time being presented to the, the community of startups as saying that we are a, a partner that they can trust. We are going to present to them opportunities that are relevant. Uh, we care about, we really, really care about the entrepreneurial community. The DNA of this organization is, is that we want to connect founders and entrepreneurs with opportunities that otherwise they would not have access to. And that is the founding principle, um, you know, and that we didn't want to lose in the context of being customer focused because revenue requires that you be customer focused and they're coming to us for this network. So the challenge is just much or was much larger and continues to be something that we, we deal with on an ongoing basis. Yeah, this is really interesting because so your customer and for purpose of the conversation, we're defining customers, the people who pay you noodle money. Right. Uh, you've got four audiences there, four primary audiences, I would mm -hmm. say, which are corporations, universities, foundations, and governments, and potentially yes. even a fifth, you just say like accelerators, but that might be coming from one of those four. Mm -hmm. um, and then your users, which is like audience five, is the startups themselves. So it's, it is a unique situation to be in because you can go the path of how do we, how do we get this in front of the customers? Or you can say, let's really build up the user side of this so that it becomes like sort of like by proxy, it becomes so attractive to the customer base. Is that sort of like where you were, where you were going with that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And one is not relevant without the other, right? Like, and that's the, that's the complexity of the challenge that we have. You had to focus on the user growth first. So what did you find was the was the value proposition for them? Were you just like, hey, we can give you access and potentially like a, re a new revenue stream to all these people or you can get acquired potentially? What did you find was the message that worked for them? 
Um, I think the message was really come to us because we can connect you with opportunities otherwise you won't find. Mm. So think about a founder or an entrepreneur somewhere in, in Africa, right, that has the opportunity for connecting with a program and a real opportunity in that sense when they apply to a program that you, you gave the example of Bosch, let's just like stick with it, but like Bosch is running on the Unoodle platform and that entrepreneur now through the Unoodle technology can apply to this program and through the crowdsourced evaluation model that exists on our, on our technology, which is also the key um, you know, aspect of why um, the corporate will come to us because they can use that that model to actually identify the, the winner or the, the, the actual startup that they want to do some work with um, is now all possible without that entrepreneur having to leave his, you know, literally his house. Mm. And that I think is, is huge in the context of like what we can bring to uh, the entrepreneur. Uh, and, and I think from the customer's perspective and the paying customer's perspective also is that if the, the corp- corporate is headquartered, let's say, in, in North America and is looking for a technology that is so unique and that can actually impact some you know, business in terms of like either saving millions and billions of dollars for them or creating a new revenue stream itself. And they can do this without actually having to invest people on ground to, to, to actually go down there and find these entrepreneurs, which also is something, you know, tech, tech scouting is, is everyone's heard of that term in this uh, industry, but it's still so granular and so um, local, you know, the effort is so local. I think the biggest value of Unoodle as a, as a, as a brand, both from a technology and startups perspective is that it is global and it is not restricted to your geographic location, right? You can be anywhere in the world and have the opportunity to, to get something amazing done. So connection to opportunity you otherwise would not be privy to is like the, the primary value proposition to the users, which in this case is startups. Mm-hmm. On the customer side, talk us through the difficulties in figuring this out because we talked about the four primary customers of corporations, universities, foundations, and governments. Talk us through how do you go about figuring out, okay, do we create one umbrella message? Do we have to sub-segment this down? What was the decision-making process like for that? I've spent about a year and a half doing this. All right, so um, <laughs> you're asking me to summarize this in, in, in a couple of minutes, <laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering where, where do I even begin? However, I will say the first and foremost thing is, is my continuous approach towards telling the story. I think that telling the story correctly and what is the story that you want to tell your customers, whether it's one single type of customer or like varied in our case, is just extremely, extremely important. Um, you will, you know, if you do ever get a chance, Rajiv, to speak to the, the CEO and founder of Unoodle, one of the things he will tell you is that I just never let go. Like I was just like, you know, we need to tell the story correctly. And what is that story is that without losing the, the founding DNA, without losing the intrinsic sort of principle as to why we exist as an organization, we want to communicate to the customer that this is what Unoodle can do for you. And I think that phrase today, I 
I'm fairly confident that everybody within the organization and outside of it that interacts with our brand um, will, will feel comfortable when they listen to the word startup engagement. And Unoodle essentially is a platform for brands and organizations to actually engage with startups when they're in the process of what can I get out of the startup world? Like what are startups doing in my space? How do I actually find these startups? Um, you know, and then how do I actually find the relevant startups? Um, so those are some of the key messages that irrespective of who our customer is, um, drives home and drives home in a way that they understand that Unoodle can do this for them. You know, as what, what I was thinking about as you were explaining that was, and you talked about like the, you know, how do I find blank, right? It's kind of sort of what they're searching for. What you're selling is access and information, right? You're not selling, like, yes, it's on a technology platform, but you're not selling technology. And it's not about, hey, you know, our software can, uh, you know, has this feature on it. This is about access and information that just so happens to be located and housed on a technology platform. Is that right? Right. And I think the technology is relevant because it's an enabler for our customers to actually go through this entire process in a much more efficient and cost-effective manner, right? Yeah. Just think about it that, you know, in, in four months, if Robert Bosch can get access to 2,000 entrepreneurs that are building amazing things using either on top of their existing technologies or as a value add to what they're already doing, how is that even possible at, you know, in, in, the, in the context of like the whole, I mentioned this, in the local um, context, and, and but also in, in terms of just getting access to these 2,000 ideas and innovations um, out of our platform. So I think that is the beauty of like what we do. So yes, you're right. It's not, we're not selling technology, but we're selling technology as an enabler that can help you engage with the startup world find innovations, and ultimately create a deal flow. I oftentimes, you know, times talk about our customers when they start off like an initiative, which is, let's take Cisco's Innovation Grand Challenge, right? I think in the first three years, the focus is always, let's find what exists out there. And I think that word is very key to us because the customer is looking to explore, looking to engage, looking to like, find out what what it is that they can do with the startup world. And of course they have plans and everyone, you know, runs a corporate accelerator or they will you know, go into the whole, uh, I want to pilot with these projects and I want to, um, at, at some point, M&A is front and center, right? But it's not at the first stage. So you also have to understand that the journey that the customer goes through with us is us leading them up to a point where they now know, okay, here's what I'm really, really, really looking for. And I'm going to find this in the subset of all of the deal flow that I've seen over, over the course of time as I have run this program and initiative with Unoodle. And I'm going to take that into the next phase, right? Yeah. Now, you, you used the term like that you landed on was startup engagement. Mm -hmm. and that's really, you know, as you explain that there, like what you're giving to them is the ability to engage with these startups. So that phrase startup engagement is what you've been using. Now, how, how important or critical 
or perhaps not is landing the specific words like and have you found like okay startup engagement is what they're reacting to versus like could you say hey startup uh involvement or something you know something like something else are you finding that like hey that specific phrase is what's hitting home i have to say yes so over the last year the the phrase startup engagement actually irrespective of the kind of customer that we're speaking to understands that this is what we bring to the table. Now, I think there is a particular customer type in, in the context of Unoodle, which is our university partners, who primarily have the startups, which are super early stage startups, already in, in the universities. Mm -hmm. So they're not coming to us for that, but they're only coming to us for technology. So that's the slight differentiator there. And, um, uh, and you know, we work with hundreds and thousands of university partners as well uh, across the world. And for us, that is important because our very early stage deal flow is really coming from there. So, so there, you know, there in a, that's why I mentioned the whole, um, the network component, which is the startup network component. And then, of course, the rest of the, uh, the market. Yeah. Can you take, let's, I want to rewind a little bit because you, this is largely centered around, as you said, the importance of, you said you never let go of figuring out the story. Did you have, or, or could you share maybe like, what are specific steps you took to figure out what is the story that got you ultimately to this like, hey, we're all about startup engagement? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the first one is talking to the customers. Um, you know, we spent a fair amount of time talking to our customers. Um, and when I say a fair amount of time, um, 30 to 45 minutes, uh, in-depth conversations within each of these customer types that I mentioned, understanding how do they how do they view us as a partner? Where is it that they see that the biggest value in working with us is coming from? Um, are they comfortable with what they are getting in return for what they pay us? Right? Like, I mean, these are just so basic, um, but it's very helpful to actually talk to the customer real time. You know, there's a user behavior from a customer's perspective where they where they sign off on a proposal and they sign off on a contract and they're like, okay, great, we're agree we're agreeing to like work with you. But really diving into into some of these specifics that I just mentioned was extremely helpful in creating that strategy around here's what the customer actually sees us as, you know, as a, as a partner for and sees value in us. And we want to communicate that value, both from a positioning and marketing perspective to not just the customer, but everybody in the ecosystem that interacts with our brand. And that message, I think, came from a culmination of like different customer types and uh, exercises that we did over a period of six months, I will say. So if I have this right, did they across the different segments you have, the four that we've mentioned, when you had your conversations with them, did each of them come back? I mean, for the most part, did they each come back with startup engagement? Like, like did you find there were commonalities, common responses you were getting regardless of who the audience was? Yes. And I think the two common responses are, we really like the technology because it helps us do our work well and efficiently and in a in a really time efficient manner. So, uh, and then the second part of it is of course the startup engagement, like us being able to get access to startups, us being able to get access to what innovations exist out there. 
are the two primary driving factors. And I'm going to take a moment to actually, um, to also, you know, the technology piece is important to us because the space that we're in and for anybody that understands the space like within innovation and it's such a massive buzzword, right? Uh, and hundreds and thousands of players will be innovation consultants, whether they're individuals, whether they're small to medium-sized consulting firms or bigger consulting firms itself, we like the fact that we're positioned as a technology partner, that the technology is an enabler and that also is a differentiator for us mm. outside of the startup network that we present to the world. So that was also key. You know, every customer that we spoke to, irrespective of customer type, said they saw value in the technology engine that we have mm. and the technology begs us slightly differently. They're not looking at us as a competition management platform. See, that's completely different. And that market is also very, very crowded. And so here is a, was an opportunity for us to create a niche space for ourselves and tell the story in a way that it, it both feels good internally as well as externally. So, you know, if I go back to what I said a few minutes back around, hey, you're not selling technology, you're selling access and information, essentially. And that's where you're like, yes, however, technology is the enabler. I still think we're on the same page because if you're selling technology, then you're selling a competition management platform. But if you're selling the result or the benefit or what they are looking for, like, yes, they may say, hey, the technology, we like it, but they're saying it, they're saying we like it because we can do X, Y, and Z with it, which is a fundamentally different conversation to have when you are speaking about the outcomes as opposed to, hey, we have technology. It does this, right? Our technology does this is a different conversation than here's what you can do because of this technology. Correct. Here's what you can achieve and accomplish. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you, you kind of nailed it in, in that sense. So last question here before we begin to wrap up, I, I hope last question, other, unless, I, you, unless you get me on another uh, rant and train of thought. But So you had the conversations with each of your markets. You found the, the commonality of startup engagement across all of them. Did you then say, okay, for purpose of like marketing and sales, we need to focus first or have our primary efforts be focused on, say, corporations and then secondary and tertiary efforts on the other three audiences? Or did you say we need to put 25% effort into each of these four audiences? I would say the, th the three audiences that are extremely important to us, um, you know, the corporate and the governments, I look at it as an enterprise, combined enterprise market. Um, they are definitely the the more sticky customer, the more revenue generating customer for us as a business. So yes, there's a particular focus and strategy on them. The university partners are very, very key to Unoodle and, and building the, the data set that we have. We, we see about 10,000 startups every quarter coming into our network. And this is of course global and industry agnostic, but a large part of this is also being driven by the university partners. And as I mentioned, like this is where very early stage innovation is happening. And we want to be able to get access and be able to like have that as part of our network, um, our startup network. So that's the second part. The third, I think the focus has been in terms of consulting houses and 
irrespective of size of the consulting house, what we have gotten to understand is that they don't have the, the technology support and the services in terms of us being almost an extension of, the, of their existing teams that can help drive innovation for their customers. And, and of course, the, the innovation consultants have larger sort of plans and engagements in the context of what they do with their clients. But a lot of it starts at like the baby steps of what Unoodle does for its customers directly. So mm. I'd say that those are the three pockets in which um, today our um, customer acquisition customer retention uh, and revenue generation is focused around. So what I'm gleaning from that is, you know, after you talk to your customers and, and figure out the commonalities from there, you basically create tiers. So like in your case, enterprise is probably like, you know, let's say at the top of the tier where you have high dollar value, but, but low volume of customer of them. And then you've got like mid-level, which is maybe the universities, where it might be lower dollar value, but higher volume. And then right. maybe the, the consulting houses, which are going to be somewhere in between on both ends of it. And I would guess you kind of just, for anyone listening who's like, okay, well, how do I pick? Do I focus on enterprise? It's higher value now, but it's lower volume. My guess is you focus on that based on what are your company's goals for the next 12 months? Like, do you have investors saying you need to hit a revenue number or do you have investors saying you need to hit a volume number? And that's where you, that's where you focus your efforts. Is that, do you agree with that or am I off base there? Well, I mean, yes and no, in the sense that you're right, like where the enterprise customer is definitely higher um, dollar, but also the, the entire work involved now, both from a, you know, from the, either from the marketing perspective or from the sales perspective is to, make that the higher volume as well. Now the university partners definitely is lower, do lower dollar, as you mentioned, and higher in volume. And we've now packaged and positioned ourselves in a way in front of this customer that we're able to service them in exactly the way that they want to and not lose out on the data, data value that they bring. So yeah. actually the dollar value is lower, but the data value is very high. And that kind of, it almost negates the, the fact that the dollar value is, is low on them, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think the consulting houses, like you mentioned, are somewhere in between, for sure. So. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, to, to what I didn't mention there is, while you said, like, you know, the goal is to get to higher volume of enterprise because it is higher dollar value, uh, it's going to be a longer sales cycle, which is why it takes a specific, like, allocation of resources because you know it's not, like, every, you know, X days or months this is coming in, it's like probably a much longer conversation with multiple decision makers before they actually sign on a dotted line, right? Absolutely. And the government's are way slower than the corporate in that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So <laughs> before we wrap up, can you let our listeners know where they can learn more about Unoodle and where they can uh, find you and maybe get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. Um, I think to, to know more about Unoodle, definitely go to unoodle.com. We're actually launching a new website uh, in, in the next like couple of weeks. So it's going to both our brand, our messaging, our, um, you know, communication, everything's going to look different from what it does today. Uh, so we're very, very excited about that. And, um, and you know, I'm 
reachable on shilpa at unoodle.com. And uh, I am the only Shilpa in the office as of, <laughs> as of yesterday in a small team of 14 people. We actually managed to have two with the same name, which was kind of weird and funny at the same time. Um, so Shilpa at unoodle.com is, uh, is where you can reach me. And uh, unoodle.com is for any other information around the company and the organization. To wrap up, we will finish this as we finish every episode. We'll go back and forth here to give our final answer, our final takeaway for our topic question today. I'll start. The topic today was how do you market to multiple audiences or how do you position to multiple audiences? Uh, I, I think the biggest thing I took away from this conversation was have the conversations with your audiences to figure out do they see something common in you? Because, and and, and the, the caveat here is multiple audiences does not make sense for all companies. In fact, it doesn't make sense for a lot of companies. And you can go crazy and drive yourself out of business trying to, like being distracted by multiple audiences. In fact, uh, a season ago or two seasons ago, we had uh, Josh Carter, who's the CEO of Patriot Bootcamp, talk about how his previous startup had failed because they were trying to go after too many audiences at once. What was lacking in that approach was any type of focus or any type of unity around those two audiences. So what I'm learning from this conversation is talk to them and see if there is unity and then play to that unity because it's about what they see you for, not about what you're telling them you are. Shilpa, how do you market to multiple audiences? I think my biggest learning in, in the past like couple of years around this, Rajiv, has been that what you do as an organization and as a company, that story has to be coherent. But how you can apply the technology and, and your services in the application of like multiple audiences can be communicated very effectively. So whether it's an innovation challenge, whether it's um, a hackathon, whether it's a pitch competition, whether it's um, an economic development initiative, all of these are examples of how our customers can apply our technology and network for their use cases. And maybe we'll present a few different ideas in their brains as we talk about the application of the, net, of the technology itself. Uh, the focus is not you know, whether you're a corporate or whether you're a government or whether you're an accelerator. It's about understanding what you can get out of us and how you can use what we have to your advantage in the context of the program you're building. So that's been my biggest learning in this process. Shilpa Prasad, Chief Growth Officer at Unoodle. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. That brings us to a close. Did you like what you heard? Did it tingle your earbuds? Support your startup ecosystem and share this episode with another founder to help them. If you don't have anyone in mind, then leave a rating and review of the show on iTunes so more entrepreneurs can learn about it. And if you want more, head to StartupHypeMan.com and click on the Knowledge section to get a bonus blog post written by this week's guest where they unpack the topic even more. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Startup Hype Man is more than a podcast. In fact, we support startups across the United States and globally develop sales and marketing acumen with messaging that stands out to customers and stands apart from competitors. Learn more and fill out a form at StartupHypeMan.com if you want to chat. Shout out to this week's guests for spending their time with us and shout out to music artist Sir the Baptist for providing our show's theme song. Catch you next time. Hype Man out. Word up. Raise up. 
Got you howling at the moon. Yeah. This is a dance with the devil, girl. Instead of sundown, too. Yeah. This is a dance with the devil, girl. Tell me what you're gonna do. This is a dance with the devil, girl. And if you can't get it loose, then we fall into the truth. with the devil.